like when everybody got super excited about um remember the titans and like the soundtrack is so good everything like oh soundtrack's but, fire but are you fire but are you catching soundtrack. the point 10 flame emojis like the point was not football this is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways this is the bless up podcast All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm here with Corey and James. And today we have decided that we're going to talk about Bruno. You got to talk about Bruno. We got to talk about Bruno. So, But we don't, we don't talk about Bruno. Maybe some of y'all don't talk about Bruno. But today Ooh. we're going to talk about Bruno. <laughs> got to talk about Bruno. So as we're kicking off today, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie Encanto, go watch it because that's what we're referencing. Um, but My four-year-old you, daughter will have never been more proud of me <laughs> than, than today. This is the most right. proud she will be. Baby, today I, I did a podcast on Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> Jada listens to her first Buzz Up podcast. <laughs> Like, finally, something my dad does that I can like that sink I, my teeth into. That I care you know? about. That is actually cool. Yeah. <laughs> First time. Um, all right, so so our kicking things off question. I want to know um, what in pop culture, whether current or past, whatever. What in pop culture did everybody pick up? And like decide that it was super dope and they loved it and you were like, yes, it is. But are you actually catching the message of it and how dope it really is? What's been that thing for you? Uh, I mean, there's there's a there's a few of them. Like there's there's a few of them I can I can start rattling off. Uh, Shout out to Ryan Coogler, one of the greatest directors of our time. Shout out. Uh, shout out to Michael B. Jordan. Rest in peace to the king of Wakanda. All right. <sighs> uh, Chadwick Boseman. But Black Panther was definitely one of those. Yeah, I feel like what happened was, like, uh, the world ran out and bought daishikis. <laughs> and, <laughs> and most people I know still think Wakanda's an actual country. But... <laughs> Just they, they wait, just, wait, 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 wait. What? Wakanda's not a yeah, but I think they just missed like the multiple layers of like Black Panther. Like, yeah, it was dope to see like a Marvel movie that like starred black characters, and it was dope to see black characters on stage. Ryan Coogler did so many things in there, like when T'Challa, like, yeah, when he takes the heart shaped herb and he goes to the ceremony and he goes to the ancestral plane that idea of like African indigenous religion and just like beliefs on the afterlife, how they wove, like, yeah, everything woven together. But then in an even greater sense, like when Killmonger took the heart shape and he didn't go to the ancestral plane, but he went to the projects. Whoa. He's there with his dad. Like crazy. that, that for me, like I was, I was done during that part. Everybody's like, I cried at this part. I'm like, I cried when Killmonger showed up in the projects. Because <laughs> for me, it's saying, like, yep. my the disconnect between, like, African ancestry and, Afri and the African-American struggle was, like, boom. And I was like, oh, snap. As much as I'm celebrating Wakanda, like, 
I'm more I'm Killmonger. Like, like I'm not I'm not that. And it just that was that was huge. That was a big one. A big cultural moment. Um so being a Kanye fan, I have been waiting for Donda for a long like yep. I've been waiting for Donda for a long time. And when Donda came out, like I can get Anyone who wants to have a conversation about the theology of Donda, please. Mm. Like, I want yeah, to talk about it. it for five hours. Honestly, honestly, next podcast episode, <laughs> we're going to talk about, about Donda. Like, don't, even, don't even get me started. Like, And there's some people like teaching students right now, like students who were born in 2005, the juniors I teach. But like, oh my gosh, what? Born in 2005. Right? Oh, ju- you said they're juniors. The juniors oh. I teach. Wow. I was doing Soldier Boy at homecoming. Wow. I told him I was cranking that, <laughs> uh, cranking that when they was born. Like, that's, that's I a, graduated that's, high school, bro. That's a cold shower, right? <laughs> wow. There. wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. All right, keep going. Right. So Donda comes out and they're like singing it and they're like in their Yeezys and they're just like, like but do you know college? I'm like, about? I'm like, do you get what's? I'm like, do you get what's happening? And then even the beginning, like. I was just talking to someone the other day. They're making fun. They're like, Donda, 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 Donda. I'm oh, like, bro. I'm like, do you get that that's that his part mother's, is so dope. That that's his mother's heartbeat? Yes. And that's someone saying her name to like to the rhythm of her, her, her dying heartbeat. Yep. Like, I'm like, Kanye, I'm like, yeah, he's crazy, but he's a genius. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like, like it's beautiful. Yeah. Like the depth that's under a lot of what's in Donda is, yeah. Super important. It's important. Yeah. Those are two of the many I could think of. I mean, I can't even get started talking about sneakers, but that'd be a whole nother, whole nother ball game. Yeah, the kid wearing kids like this kid. I seen him. He had some kid size Concord Elevens on, and I'm like, <laughs> I looked at him and I was like, I'm so glad you got the Concords. And he was like, Yeah. He's like, These are so fresh. I was like, Yeah. I was like, Do you remember the Concord game? He just looks at me. I'm like, do you remember the season? He came back. I'm like, they're just like the Space Jam 11s, right? And he's just, yeah. So that's but that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like my head instantly went to movie or uh, sorry, music too. Mm-hmm. Like I instantly went to music. I was like, yeah. Uh, remember, remember the summer of Chance the Rapper? Oh. Like, oh. <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> like, remember when everybody got hit because Coloring Book dropped, and it was super dope, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, like, Tran- Chance the Rapper, right? And then like, everybody went to his concert and met yikes, Acid Rap. Yikes, yikes, <laughs> Oh, no. Bro, you guys remember when the three of us were at that concert? <laughs> that was when I realized I was too old for Blossom. Yo, dude. My eight-month I literally, Yeah. Oh, Julia, get she's like, a champ. I literally never. Yeah, that that might be the last concert I go to. I, to I, I don't with think you. I've been to a Blossom concert since then. It's the last um, time I'll go back to Blossom. Yeah. yeah. I need seats from now on. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, but I mean, like, that's, I mean, that's just, that's just, it, it, it's a thing for me. Like, I love to, like, pick stuff like that apart. And I think that for me, for what it, the struggle for me was that a lot of people took it as, as like, oh, this is crazy. There's Chance the Rapper, who I've never heard of, um, is now talking about Jesus um, and childhood 
And he's mixing in like Kirk Franklin and these Prey songs with also a song about like smoking weed. And that's really cool. And like, it's super smooth. And like, and like, I mean, yeah, yeah, voice like, that you're whatever. Doing? Uh, <laughs> if, if I explained it to you, we'd have to have JD edit this part. And, you know, no yeah, name, JD no just name ed- dropping. Just edit this but, part. No. Uh, say <laughs> JD just edit this nah, part. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, that's not what the Lord would want us to do right now. But I think that, um, you know, for me, like I, I always, like, I just love picking stuff like that apart. And the theology that's presented in that, in that album is dope. And the, and the evolution of, of the artist as well. Not just like, not just, you know, not just, not just the album, you know, entirely, but like, but like the artist and, (laughs) and it's just, yeah, like I, I think of that, I think of, uh, um, can I can I say it? Can I say I I think I think of Damn by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Like I think of I think of that album. Like the um you know the idea the the we used to say like the, the he's spoon feeding theology uh to you know to a whole group of people like just stuff like that is is instantly where my head goes is like the way that people will just like accept you know, the surface level, you know, sound of something without like picking apart, like, Oh my gosh, like that was really deep. Actually, it's like a thing. I remember one time, uh, when we still did bless up at Malone, you know, somebody like made the comment once upon a time, uh, to somebody else about like, Oh, go figure. Like there goes Corey reading too deeply into something that's not that deep. And I was like, is that an insult? (laughs) Cause also, that's, that sounds you. like a compliment to me. <laughs> like you. that's also, dope. I think it is like, that deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also like, it is that deep. Yeah. Honestly, you know what I think of like in my thirties, I feel like I have rediscovered all of the Tupac that my older brothers played yeah, when I used to like, I remember riding the car with my brothers and first off, they're all older than me. <laughs> and so feeling like I'm so cool. Cause I'm riding around in their car and they're playing Tupac. And yeah. like, I love you. No doubt. About right. It. Like it's- I, like I just felt like it was so cool. And I remember listening to their music and, and like one of the first like CDs I ever burned in my life, I put changes on because that was like Ooh. my favorite Tupac song that they played. But then listening to those songs, as an actual adult, like mm-hmm. going back and listening to Tupac's albums as an adult, like, dang, like he was saying so much, but as like a little t- prophet, right. But like as a little teenager riding around in my brother's car, I just hear his beat. And then I hear him swearing and I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to tell mom. Don't worry. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> don't <worry>. like, <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking when I'm 13 years old and my brother's being forced to drive me to practice, but rediscovering all of that music as an adult like what what he was actually saying there's something there was something different in me that happened when you know when when god started like opening up the ministry that he has us doing now and i was listening to an album that was super familiar by tupac uh you know at that point in time and the first time that in light of in light of like our our christ Christ christ-centered lives now that I heard like Brenda's got a baby. Oh my gosh, for like, real. Cried, you know? That's absolutely one of them. Like, yeah. Sounds like to be honest, we just need to do a whole season of the Bless Up podcast where we just like dissect dissect <laughs> albums and just talk about Remember no, that's I'm with it. We need to talk time, about J. Cole. Remember that time at, at Bless Up, I pointed to the kid's biggie small shirt and I was like, I was like, ah, Christopher Wallace. And he was like, huh? <laughs> 
It's like, okay. <laughs> anyway. Yep. So Bruno. So Bruno in Encanto. Listen, if you haven't seen Encanto, uh, let us just tell you, Bruno is a huge character who actually like is on screen for the least amount of time. But Bruno has a prophetic gift that is um, pushed aside by his family. And he actually gets like sent away. Like he gets kicked out of the family because he's giving these warnings and giving these words that made people upset. And so he got, he got sent away from the family and there's this whole song. We don't talk about Bruno because he, he made people uncomfortable as he pointed out realities and what lies ahead. Yeah. So, as we're as we're looking at at this right now, um, what's what's the Bruno thing that you need to talk about, or like what do you see when you look at scripture and this idea of we don't talk about Bruno? Like how how do those things coincide? What does that phrase mean? Well, I think I think for me, like the first takeaway that I would have like right away is that like Bruno's name might as well have been Jeremiah. Yeah. Um, right. Like. I think that I think that for Bruno, like if you stick if you stick it out, and like at this point at this point in the podcast, if you haven't seen Encanto, like stop listening, and go <laughs> right. watch Encanto because I'm about to just like spoil the whole movie. Spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! And you can do it like Corey, who watched it without any of his children and watched the movie entirely by himself. Yeah, because he so <laughs> so I mean it's sometimes just what you got to do. But what you learn about Bruno throughout the course of the movie is that like Bruno is not this like evil villain <gasps> with this like seven foot frame, you know, <laughs> rat, yeah, like, <laughs> he's like Bruno loves his family. Like yeah. Bruno, Bruno loves his family. And what he's doing is not like, is not getting these images of things and then telling them to his family members to ruin the moment. Right. Like, but trying to like warn them about literal cracks in the foundation of the family estate. Mm -hmm. And the scene that brings it home for me is when, um, is when they discover that Bruno didn't go away, but had yeah. been living in the house the entire time oh. and had been fixing the cracks that were in the foundation the whole time. Like behind the scenes. Like the family didn't even know he was doing it and he was still taking care of them. And like and like that spoke to me just in regards of like how we as people, we as the church, have have just gotten used to pushing out the voices that we just don't want to hear yeah. or push out the voices that present truth that is cracking our foundation, but we don't want to listen or the voices that are bringing prophecy, uh, the, that are serving our bodies as the early warning radar system. And we don't want to hear it because we've been influenced by whatever else. And we don't want to hear when in all reality, that voice is just coming from a place of like, not wanting to see the foundation dissolve, not wanting to see like the cracks in the estate spread. And this house, this family like break down. Like that was the scene for me that I was just like, dang, like that's it. Like the gifts of prophecy and words of wisdom so often in our church and in our in our places of worship like are not are not being well received yeah it's like we we take the things that our people trying to 
warn us and take the things that are people looking out for us and having our best best interest at heart, like sitting you down and saying, hey, you got to get a hold of X, Y, or Z mm-hmm. um, before before things get crazy. And we're like, and, and we put ourselves in the place of Jesus with Peter and say, get behind me, Satan. And it's like, no, that's not what this is. This is, this is Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit sitting in front of you, trying to help you, trying to slow you down, trying to tell you to let your character catch up with your dreams. Because if you go after mm. something, but your character can't withstand what you're coming up, right. you're, everything's going to crumble. But we act like people are against us when really it's people who are so 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 for us mm-hmm. and they're tr- just trying to give you wisdom mm-hmm. yeah i think about i think about the instance where uh where the young man approached jesus and was like jesus i've done it all like yeah. i've kept the commands you know like i'm i'm a super like great person i know the law like i have all this stuff going for me like what do i need to do and like jesus asked him these questions and he's just like check 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 yes I've, I've done it all and jesus is like okay well there is this one thing there's this one thing that i know you haven't done there's this one thing that you could do and it would really say like you're for this go give all of your sell all your possessions give it to the poor drop everything you have and come follow me and he walked away not able to hear it uh, yeah man i feel like we don't like bruno because like Bruno's prophetic voice, like, it disrupts who we seek to be, like, as a church in this moment in our mm-hmm. core. And we don't like Bruno because of that. Because what Bruno does is Bruno conflicts the comfortable. Yeah. And, like, there's some of us that are, like, married to our comforts, Ooh, right? Yep. We're married to them. So we love, like, the idea that, hey— this individual with like this political platform is my prophet because they're saying exactly what I like. But then on the other side, like there are some folks who like, they're like, fine. Like, I don't want to be comfortable. I want to go for it. But yeah, Bruno also like, he, he calls us to conviction. Like the prophets call us to conviction. So they conflict the comfortable but they call us to conviction. And there are some of us who like to sit in spaces where like we hear hard stuff and we're convicted. I don't know who those people are. Yeah, I do. I came from Pentecostalism. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I was those people. But yeah, who like to hear hard, rough stuff and like just be con- conflicted as all get out. But they don't want to be called to any action. They want to be called to conviction. And then there, then there are those who constantly want to be called to action called to conviction who like don't want to deal with sin and don't want to be conflicted the prophets of the old testament are rough because they do both mm-hmm. they do yeah. like like they do both <laughs> yeah like they're gonna beat you up about your sin but then they're gonna call you to like repentance and faith right. into mm-hmm. action into mm-hmm. what that means and yeah we've as a church we've like We've subcontracted our ministry first off as the church. We've made yep. we've made like our gatherings like just a platform for evangelism, which is cool, but we've subcontracted like our ministry and we've sent off our apostles, our prophets, and most of our evangelists like off into like the Christian not for profit sector. Mm-hmm. So that's where we actually find like most of our prophets yeah. like during these days is like yeah. out there like fighting for justice like in Christian ways. But the reality is, like, we don't like them because they they ask us to change our calendar. Mm-hmm. 
is to come and serve. They ask us to care about things that could be controversial. They ask us to do those things. So we don't, yeah, we don't like to talk about them. And shout out to all, to all our modern prophets. Like, yeah. Bruno, Bruno would be loved in the missional community movement and the, and the underground church, maybe. That's about it. What do you, um, all right, so what do you suggest that we could do to prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts, uh, prepare our churches to receive uh, a Bruno when he shows up? Because, like, so when you watch the movie, right, Maribel loves bruno like she she seeks him out because she knows that she's told that he's the answer um the youngins know that he's the answer right like that 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 next generation below him is like you need to find bruno that was a really interesting thing too yeah like the young kids weren't the ones that were like we don't talk about bruno they were like find bruno it was the older cats that were like we don't we don't talk about bruno Bruno. we don't talk and the young kids were like do we don't we? Yeah. I don't know. And they were like, I find him. All right. Go find him. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then as soon as Maribel finds him, she like, she's not scared and she sees immediately like the love that he has. And then when he gives, when he gives her a word, she's like, dang. And she goes and she does it. Right. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what can we do? What is something that we can practically do as, as the big C church or maybe even like little C, like your local church, what can we do to prepare our hearts? Cause I know like, you know, you brought up Jeremiah and Jeremiah was hated. Like nobody liked Jeremiah in his time, but we today read the book of Jeremiah and we read Lamentations and we see like so much wisdom and there's so much to be taken from the life and the words of a person who was so hated in his time. How can we not hate the Brunos? Well, I would say, I would say, first of all, it's a, the first thing I would say is that it's a balance, right? So like, it's a balance between generations. I don't like, for the sake of continuing with like the movie metaphor that we're using, like I'll talk about the generations, but to be clear, I don't want to like overgeneralize and be like, right. Boomers do this. X does this. Millennials do this. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to get into all that today. That can be next episode. Um, but for the sake of the analogy of the movie, like I'll rock with it. Right. So I think like for the one generation, for the one perspective, it's being willing to take down your walls of self-preservation and be honest about what those like sticking points might be for your, for your life or for your church, right. Depending on where you're coming from. Like, like what are the, what are the things that, uh, that, that might get like poked and you're just like, ah, we, we don't talk about that. We don't, we don't want to talk about that or we're, or we're just fine. Right. Like what are the, what are the sticking points where you're unwilling to listen to any sort of potential correction or calling out of like where you're headed. I think anytime that we're unwilling to like listen to literally anything, um, like name anything, um, is, is where we start to run a really dangerous, uh, run a really dangerous game in not being willing in our hearts being hardened and not being willing to be corrected. I think for the other side, it's, you know, for the younger, it's recognizing that like, that like Bruno and the place that he holds in the family is one part of the family. It's not the entire family. It's not Mm. even the foundation of the family. It's Mm. not even the matriarch of the family. It's a 
part of the mm-hmm. family and accepting him is accepting and accepting those gifts is accepting that this is a legitimate part, but it's not the whole thing. It's not the saving grace. It's not the everything like it is, it is a part and that it is still important for everybody else to stay in your lane and do your job, like play your part, your gifting, your skill set. What is it, <clears throat> excuse me, that you provide uh, to the body or you provide to your community, right? Being Bruno isn't everything, right? And especially like the people who, the people who are prophetics, you know, God has built for it, right? Like you're going to take a beating and you're going to want to bang your head against some walls. Right. Um, but not everybody is that. And so don't be, uh, where is it? Where is it that Paul says like, like, don't, don't, don't think of some gifts as like higher than, uh, than the rest. Right. Like, yeah. Like not putting anything above each other, but just recognizing that this is a, a part and should be weighed and welcomed and used as a part. Yeah. And I feel like all we do as a church every 20 years in America is we just have these big, like paradigm shifts. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. And one thing is being like overdone. So another thing like becomes prevalent and everyone goes over to that side and says, this is the thing we should do. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 11 teaches us a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. But a just way is his delight. So the idea of being even keel and balanced as we think about giftings that God has given us and in the new Testament, like Paul teaches us that we need all of these gifts, like to keep the ship, like, from getting tossed about by waves of false doctrine. So for us, I think it's important, like, yeah, we need prophets. And we've, like, subjected their voices, like, for far too long and suppressed their voices and we've kicked them out. But, like, yo, you still need to go on Sunday morning and hear the word taught by shepherds and pastors. Like, like we need, like, those organizational forces, people who are able to see big vision and like really set pathways forward. Like we need the apostles, like we need the evangelists to talk about Jesus. Like we need, we need everyone and we need each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what creates like that, that just weight. I believe the Lord delights in that versus us like constantly being off balance. Yep. And I think too, that like, you know, Everything comes back to this, right? But knowing knowing your word and knowing the God that you say that you serve, mm-hmm. right? You have to know. You have to know. Because what, what our world has done and what some of our churches have done in response, like when you said paradigm shift, it, like, it clicked, right? We have, it's a scene, I feel like our world right now is a scene similar to that in Exodus where, uh, where Moses is basically proving the power of God, but that, but that Pharaoh's court is like, hold on, hold on. We can do that too. We can do wonders too. And they're in an effort of proving like their prophecy and their stuff. And that's what we've done with all of this. Um, all, all of these, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, polarizing voices Mm -hmm. that we have in our culture, in our society, and in our churches is what we've done is we have just started, like you mentioned earlier, started to just ascribe to the polarizing voice 
that that you know aligns with however we came up or however we think and what we haven't realized that we've started doing is we've put ourselves in that scene of exodus where we're just rooting for our prophets to prove their side rather than taking the step back and saying hold on i know god like i know my word i know jesus i know the god revealed in jesus and this is what's most consistent with his voice. So what would you say, you know, we're talking about these paradigm shifts and the way that um, the church moves and basically like rebrands itself every couple decades. Um, what would you say is, uh, is the word or, or what is like, what is the Bruno that church culture right now is trying what's, to avoid? What's the thing we're not talking about? What's the thing we're not talking Like, <laughs> like I know for me, the number one thing, like I was, as you guys were talking, I, like that question popped in my head, and I just started thinking, like, the thing that I see so much that we try to avoid in Western church culture is the confession that we have moved from worshiping the kingdom to worshiping empires. Like, we have taken personalities and built empires upon them instead of taking gifted and talented people and building the kingdom. That's why it hurts so bad, and that's why every secular news network picks things up like crazy when you see scandals in megachurch pastors. Like, when that stuff happens, it becomes such a devastating blow because we come to realize that as a culture, we've started worshiping an empire instead of building a kingdom yeah absolutely absolutely and to borrow language from the and campaign like they use the language of compassion and conviction like that we need both like we need to be a people of Mm -hmm. compassion people who serve a people who are out there people who are after that we need to have conviction be a people of biblical principle I feel like the thing that like we don't want to talk about is the one that we don't want to talk about. So I feel like for some of us, it's, hey, we love compassion. So we see like the landscape of America. And I feel like there's like, there's two conclusions. There's compassion for the Christian and there's conviction. And I feel like what happens is like we fall into the polarizing narrative and what we do is we go way overboard mm-hmm. in one direction and we say the other doesn't exist. Yeah. So I know folks like, praise God for them, they see the world and they're like, hey, Jesus is the answer. The Bible is the answer. The ways of Jesus are the answer. Well, yeah, the ways of Jesus are the answer. Of course they are. But you got to live out the ways of Jesus in some yeah. practical ways <laughs> or else ain't nobody going to know. Man. Yeah. And then we have folks who are like, yeah, I'm out on the front lines. I'm out doing all this stuff. But in the midst of that, like what happens is many times, like the ways of the world are adopted and mm-hmm. biblical foundations are completely forgotten. Yeah. So I feel like Bruno is like, if you're a Christian, the other side that you are against right now is probably yeah. Bruno. Man. And I think there's wisdom in saying like, you know what? This side doesn't have it all the way right. Because Jesus, man, in the Gospels is the God of the third way. <laughs> it's not the way of the zealots. It's not the way of the tax collectors. Yep. It's a it's a third way of love. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's what I see from Jesus. So I think, like, Bruno is realizing that, like, the platforms that we jump on top of, like, 
aren't the way. It's the way of empire because platforms give us power. And power is the ethic of empire, but love is the great ethic of God's kingdom. Yeah, when we take polarizing views and we stick them onto our faith, it makes us slam doors on people. And I don't know how many times I've been talking to a couple of my friends lately, and I've said, like, Jesus flipped tables, but I never saw Jesus slam a door. That's a word. Like, Jesus flipped tables when he was upset. But you know what he did when he was, when he was in, uh, in the temple and he flipped them tables? He turned around and he told them how to fix it. He didn't then storm out and slam the door and say, I'm done with all of you. Jesus flipped tables. He didn't slam doors. And when we take those polarizing opinions and we say, this is absolutely right, and we slam the door on the other side, like, that's not helping anyone. That's, that's not showing a picture of who Jesus is at all because I never saw that example. Yeah, I think, I think the Bruno is, without getting too specific, is literally anything that as pastors we want to actively avoid talking about because we hate about the other side, or it's the things that aren't directly related to salvation that we're basing our entire churches off of. Ooh. Yeah. Right? Like, there are... There are whole churches that are basing their entire foundation of their ministries off of whichever flag they choose, as opposed to like the Jesus that they follow primarily, right? They're making Jesus fit those things. And I think that like, that's the, that's the stuff right there that, that I think like Bruno, not an Encanto, but (laughs) in the United States would be like speaking to is like the things that the things that we're either trying to avoid or we're making, or we're making the main thing. Um, but in all reality is just doing more to spread cracks in our foundations as believers and causing us to lose credibility as a family. Like I wish I had more time to talk about losing credibility as a family and how I'm watching us as believers lose credibility as a family because of the things that we're that that like we're not listening to. And if you don't think that God's voice is active in your body trying to correct these things, then you're just not listening. You've made Bruno go hide. You've, oh, made, you've Bruno made Bruno go, go hide. hide. Don't make Bruno hide. Go but watch here's it. the thing. He's still in the walls. Yes. Bro, he's still trying. The voice of God Come is on still now, active. You see, you feel me? Like Come on now. the voice of God is still active. And just because you haven't been listening up to this point or you've only heard what you wanted to hear, it doesn't mean that you can't start now. But I think that I think that to, an, to specifically answer your question, like that's my answer. It's 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 you know, it's the the touchy things, the touchy things that we either want to completely run away from or make it the main thing. And and that like that's that's what needs corrected and what's um, undermining our integrity as a family. You know, and I think one of the most important things to mention, uh, we've kind of touched on it briefly, but to mention about Bruno is that Bruno was just sitting there waiting to be talked about the whole time. 
So like they made the, they to got the, welcome back. Right. So like they got this whole song and dance about we don't talk about Bruno. Well, Bruno never left and everything was crumbling until Bruno was faced. So you can't just shove it down. You can't just not talk about it because eventually the family Madrigal and the whole house is going to come crumbling down because you refuse to deal with it. And then you're going to be faced to deal with it in shambles. Like that's what happens in the movie. Spoiler alert. If you didn't go watch it when Corey told you to, like Bruno was sitting there waiting the whole time. You can't shove it down. You can't not deal with it. You can't pretend like it's not an issue. I mean, when going back to the prophet Jeremiah, like you said, Jeremiah, uh, Bruno might as well be named Jeremiah. Like everything that Jeremiah was talking about came to pass. Like people didn't want to hear it. They called him the weeping prophet. They marginalized him. They hated him. That doesn't, that didn't make him wrong. Like your opinions and your feelings of the other side does not make that other side wrong. You got to face it eventually because it's just going to be sitting there waiting the whole time. Yeah. It ain't going away, man. It ain't going away. Man. Yeah. In the words of James Baldwin, everything that's faced can't be changed, but nothing can be changed until it's faced. Like, you got to face. You got to look at Bruno. Mm -hmm. Man. Movie and music series? Huh? Huh, Bless Up Podcast? Are we organized enough for that? No. Bless, bless up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. So if you took nothing else from today, um, please have the boldness to talk about Bruno. We got to talk about Bruno. All right, listen. We'll be back in two weeks. Peace. Bless up. <laughs>